This one was uh, triggered by many things, but lastly by a, a YouTube video of a, a refugee migrant crisis discussion on BBC Question Time seven years ago. I think it's Googleable or YouTubeable under that title. So I, I can't let this one go. Yanis Varoufakis, I love you, but we are not all descendants of economic migrants. That was his opening salve in the debate. And he's on my side, essentially. Spain, England, and France came to the Americas with cannon and musket and disease-infested blankets with exactly zero intention of assimilating peacefully or otherwise. They came to plunder. This is how our ancestors' migrants migrated. Yes, yours too, Athenian. Since this marauding age, this kind of migration has slipped cleanly into myth, and we have drunk of them as Romans drank out of lead-lined pipes and have absorbed the madnesses. We have decided, since the 12% of the planet's people, recognizably white, are right now feeling besieged by migrants, that the civilizations who sent their bloodthirsty legions across this good old earth to subdue it and its non-white inhabitants, these civilizations were great. and still are. So, now descendants of Caligula, William the Conqueror, and the Nazis can sit around Oxford fireplaces having crumpets and tea and assuring us with tales of goodness in a dark world long ago. And last week, when a Frenchman shot up a Kurdish community centre in Paris. A long time ago, a dark age. The problem with history is its awesome validity when you want to brag and a total invalidity when you need to tell the truth. If it is invalid, perhaps Europe will relieve itself of its famous old buildings built on the proceeds of the transatlantic slave trade. Or, as below, the wealth from Africa bailing us out of World War II. Yikes. Too long ago. The mid-50s. Why are Europe and North America wealthy? Generational pillage and enslavement. You think it was hard work and native European genius, the Protestant work ethic, blah, blah, blah. Hardly. The founding fathers couldn't even grow their own cotton, and they bragged about it. They got rich on the backs of Africans who lived longer in the heat than their very own indentured Europeans. Then, after their Christian conscience caused a twinge, they went on to exploiting waves of immigrants working for Diddley, just like Trump and his real estate tours. I do despair of the European brain, so garbled with its supremacist myth. How can I be conceited? I'm perfect. Let in the migrants. Refugee, asylum-seeking, economic, whatever. They bring IQ with them. You need their seed. Superior civilization, my left foot. What did the European genius bring us, huh? I know I have done this before. I just can't let it go in the face of relentless, inevitable imbecility. It brought us the Industrial Revolution, which followed a typical civilizational motto, Mine coal first, ask questions later. And who do we care about in the wake of global warming? Us, us, us. Nothing changes. The surest sign of atrophied minds promoted by tiny cultists 
inflexibility. An example of Europeans migrating. Even Churchill had to turn away in shame. Mid-20th century, current enough for you? From Wikipedia, quote, From the start, the land was the primary British interest in Kenya which had some of the richest agricultural soils in the world, mostly in districts where the elevation and climate make it possible for Europeans to reside permanently. How nice. Though declared a colony in 1920, the formal colonial presence in Kenya began with a proclamation on July 1st, 1895, in which Kenya was claimed as a British protectorate. Even before 1895, however, Britain's presence in Kenya was marked by dispossession and violence. In 1894, British MP Charles Dilk, Sir Charles Dilk, had observed in the House of Commons the only person who has up to the present time benefited from our enterprise in the heart of Africa has been Mr. Hiram Maxim inventor of the Maxim gun, the first automatic machine gun. During the period in which Kenya's interior was being forcibly opened up for British settlement, there was plenty of conflict and British troops carried out atrocities against the native population. (gasps) No, the British! Can't be! Opposition to British imperialism had existed from the start of British occupation. The most notable included the Nandi resistance, 1895 to 1905, the Giriami uprising of 1913 to 14, the women's revolt against forced labor in Muranga in 1947, and the Kaloa Afre of 1950. None of the armed uprisings during the beginning of British colonialism in Kenya were successful. The nature of the fighting in Kenya led Winston Churchill to express concern about the scale. No doubt, Quote, no doubt the clans should have been punished. 160 now have been killed outright without any further casualties on our side. It looks like a butchery. A butchery. If the House of Commons gets hold of it, all our plans in EAP will be under a cloud. Surely it cannot be necessary to go on killing those defenseless people on such an enormous scale. End quote. Leave Wikipedia. While the late dearly beloved Queen was being crowned in 1952, the the British were hard at work suppressing the Mau Mau in Kenya. Why? Her coffers were empty after the Second World, parentheses, European War. It's nice how that happens. Things that happen in Europe become about the world. 12% of the population. Nice as she was, this was part of her legacy, a perfect metaphor for Western civilization in general. Well, we've got to find the money somewhere. What about that spot in Africa, eh? You could try earning it. We cannot expect to discuss immigration at the moment with a straight face without this context. Long ago, is that your excuse for not paying what you owe? Your back wages? The longer it gets, the less you owe? Civilization again, my left foot.